listeners, we're recording this one in the morning, so you're going to get our soft morning voices, these deeper registers from both me and Dennis as we bring in a great guest this week, but really concentrate on our voices because that's what matters as we take the turn to the back nine. This is The Back Nine with Dennis Williams and Josh Mora. Dennis, good morning. I almost fell asleep during that open. Your well, voice you was know, so sultry and deep. Thank you. We're trying to well, resonate. I'm Josh Mora. I'm Josh that, that wasn't an act. That wasn't put on. That's, that's like just that, the morning that voice. Your, that's that the pre-orange juice, pre-coffee. Wow. That's what I got. Wow. I'll try to go down to that register too at some point, but everybody will be asleep it takes some by practice. the end of the show. It takes some practice. That's for sure. <laughs> I, you know, we have a guest who is so terrific that I don't want to dilly-dally with the chit-chat here. So this is a guy who has had a, you know, to the topics that we have in the back nine, right? The idea of finding second chapters. This guy embodies that more than anybody I know. I've known our guest for almost 30 years, maybe more than 30 years now. We were uh, buddies in college, played hockey it's, together. It's more than 30. <laughs> it's more than 30. It is. That's really uh, wonderful and sad but all at once. But he's going to tell you his story. He's really turned it into an incredibly positive attribute and direction for life. So I want to bring in John Cal Callahan. He is the host of the Great Unlearn podcast and the Great Unlearn website. And Callie, it is so good to see you, my friend. It's great to be on here with you and to meet Dennis for the first time. And I just was thinking as you guys were were chatting, the back nine, I'm sitting here watching the Ryder Cup and we're getting absolutely housed. <laughs> and I, I was actually going to go to the Ryder Cup this year and barring any kind of like incredible comeback tomorrow on Sunday, I'm really glad that I stayed home. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for having me on. I love... I love the concept here because so much of our life, I think, is spent on the front nine. And our focus is on many different things in the front nine, which is really important. But I think the real juice is when we realize there is a back nine and how we orient our life around that and to stay present with it the constant evolution and that we've never, ever got it figured out. It is going to throw curveballs and we're going to hit it in the hazard. And do we try to hit it out of the hazard? Do we take a drop? It's all, I, I love this whole golf concept. Um, it's very apropos for life. So yeah, I love this. And our story, Callie, is not only did we go to school together, but then having not known each other, obviously we came from very different places, but then we reconnected in Chicago. You had a very successful career there with little kids. I moved there in my broadcasting career. And we hooked up because I saw a picture of you in Chicago Magazine. I was like, oh my God, that's John Callahan. And we reconnected and we've been able to stay connected. And at that time, your life was very different from how it is at current. So take us through a little bit about where you were then and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so obviously, as you mentioned, you and I played hockey together in college. And after college, I moved out to Chicago and and became a trader. And I was there for almost 20 years, left the business in, in 2013. And really, I would say left on my own terms. You're never going to go out on top. This is much like a professional athlete. There aren't many people who have the John Elway story of winning a Super Bowl and then being done with that chapter of their life. But I felt really comfortable that it was time for me to move on. So we moved from Chicago down to Austin 10 years ago. And I pursued 
some different things, some stuff around fitness and was a part owner of a team in a pro fitness league. And that was really exciting and really fun. The league lasted for three seasons and then went away, but it stoked that, that fire in me that we felt when we played together back in the day. Along the way, I've been doing a lot of personal investing. And so that was really where I was, I would say, deriving my income from. I had a successful trading career and then really enjoyed the idea of partnering with people and ideas that were doing cool things in the world. And so I've been involved with that for many years now. And then once I left trading and then fitness, it was really my central focus. And really about six years ago, almost to the day that we're speaking, I had an experience that just shifted everything for me. It was a, a, a tragic experience for many. And, and for me, it was, it was life-changing in the sense that it opened my eyes to how I had been moving through the world. And as that experience was the mass shooting in Las Vegas at the Route 91 festival when Jason Aldean was on stage. And without getting into all the details of that, I was there, I was with a close friend of mine and was in a situation where gunfire was coming down on the concert grounds. And we were fortunately in a good place for cover, but something shifted when we were protecting ourselves. And it was that none of the things that had helped me that I thought were important were there to save me. And it was the first time that I truly surrendered my life to a greater power. And I don't mean that in a religious sense. It was just like, I don't have a gun. If there's many people that are coming down on the concert grounds, like there's no way to protect myself. And even if I did, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be too scared. So I just really had this piece about me that whatever happens here is going to happen. When I left there, just a changed person. I came home the next day. And as you can imagine, my family was concerned, scared, all those emotions that you would feel. I didn't have any of that. I wasn't scared for my life. And it's not because there's something special about me. I think a lot of people there were just in this act of surrender. But from there, I just started to question why I was doing the things I was doing. And there were moments when I was sitting in that situation that all the things that were important to me in the front nine of life the financial success being paramount, none of that mattered. I felt if I had not made it out of that situation that I'd have been really disappointed with the way my life had turned out. And I think if many people had looked at my life from the outside and said, you're fucking crazy. Dude, you have it all. And by all accounts, I exceeded anything that maybe I, I thought I could do in those areas. But I was really lacking spiritually and I was really lacking with a direction that was really heart-centered rather than from the head. And so from there, I just started to explore many different ways to understand what it means to be here. What is my purpose besides trying to make money really in a, a very plain sense? That's incredible. I love heart-centered. How did you come to that though? Obviously you, the experience was it, but it takes more thoughtfulness and awareness and what else was it that sort of triggered that in you? Well, it's interesting that there were, there were people that came into my life almost the very next day that would help me chart a course that I didn't, was this idea of, I was going without knowing. And I was just trusting that the people that were coming into my life were, were essentially, I, upon reflection, I realized that they were a portal into this 
other world, this other game that we play. And I probably went on this deep spiritual kind of self-inquiry for almost a year and a half until I realized what the hell the last 18 months had been. And speaking, my wife's not here, but I could probably speak on her behalf. She's like, what's going on with you? It's great that you're getting into all these things that are important and you're exploring these ideas, but you're doing it very much on your own. And I don't know, are you leaving me? What's going on? You're changing. And I couldn't articulate what I was doing. I was just so damn curious. There was this whole new world that opened up to me. And I just started to explore what does consciousness mean and what does plant medicine mean and how did you do that in a way that opens up that consciousness and expands the way you view the world and your own existence. It was a really deep stuff that I had probably had fear around exploring because I just didn't know where to begin. And it wasn't until I had this moment, this crisis that it was like, I, I didn't know what else to do because everything else seems on some level pretty meaningless. Did you have to shrink your friend group? Do you know what I mean by that? Were you connected to other people that you couldn't be connected to anymore? I think about that on the back nine too. And we haven't really talked about this, Josh, on any of our shows, but your friend group on the back nine seems to me to get a little bit smaller because when you start to get into what's important to you and who's important to you and who has that spiritual connection and those kinds of things? Did you start to see that in your life? Yes, there is such a great question. I think it's an evolution. And I would say the people I was closest to prior to that, I felt some distance from for very much the same reason of my wife. They're like, what's going on with you, dude? Who are these people that you're hanging out with? And what's going on down in Austin? And I couldn't explain it. And so there was a bit of distance between us. And then as I delved into this other world down here in Austin, it's busting at the seams with people who are curious about this. And in a lot of ways, it expanded tremendously. And I would say over the past couple of years, it's gotten much smaller. I would say those guys that I was really close with prior to, I've gotten even closer with. They've always been there. It was that I needed to go on my journey and then let them inquire about my experience and allow them to have their own experience and really just understand that we have to do those things for ourselves. And whoever's there with us, awesome. To your point, Dennis, not everyone's going to be along for the ride. It don't really try to tug them along. I've tried that. It, it doesn't work. I tried it years ago with CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those evangelists. Again, great intentions, but an asshole about it. I would just say I've learned over the past handful of years is that my time is way more valuable than I thought it was. And with that in mind, who am I going to choose to spend that time with if it's not with my wife and my kids? And so being really protective of that time has been a huge step for me. It wasn't easy, though, because I didn't always value my time. I didn't feel like I necessarily deserved it for whatever reason that was, you know, whether I didn't feel like I deserved the financial success I had. And so I was trying to give that away in some ways and times very much the same thing. And it wasn't until I really had true self-worth and self-love that I felt much better about being more discerning about who I was spending that time with. Let's take a quick break. 
The Back Nine podcast is brought to you in part by Three Bridges Consulting. And look, I'm sitting across from one of the founders. At their core, Three Bridges are storytellers. They bring your brand to life with high quality video and rich still photography. And they can help elevate your brand by finding the right distribution channels for the content they produce. So visit threebridgesconsulting.co. That's the number three, bridgesconsulting.co for more. Now back to the show. John, I'm such a fan of what you've done and the podcast and the whole great unlearn. I'm going to call it a brand, but it's so much, it's not really a brand in the traditional way that we think about it. It is an experience and it helped get me through the pandemic in many ways a couple of years ago. How did you land on that? How did you take the lessons that you've just talked about self-worth and valuing your time to turn it into something positive to reach out to others? How did you share that part of yourself and create that community? Yeah, great question. I'll say this. I've always been one of these guys that when I try something, I want other people to try it. Some new bit of technology, a new golf ball, whatever it is. I just want to tell people this thing's awesome. Like You should try it. And a lot of the, the same principles came through when I started to go through this kind of change in my life. And I was meeting so many fascinating people that were becoming friends. And I was sharing these experiences, these conversations with people that were on the outside. Again, the, the friend group that, you know, that I had prior. And I just thought there was a better way than me sharing these conversations in these one-off ways. And the podcast just seemed to be a, a really a natural evolution of that. So I started the podcast. I found out a couple of things. Number one, while in the beginning it was to share these for other people, these conversations, it really became my classroom to really get in there, be curious, ask those questions. As you guys know now, being on that side of the mic, you get to really dive deep and just be curious. It made me a better listener. And... In that, I started to connect to people in a different way. And so I thought that was really important for me just in this journey to really pay attention. On the one hand, to have my own experience and allow that to be my experience. It's not going to be your experience, but to share those things in a way to inspire others to maybe look at things a little bit differently. And so the podcast has been a great platform for me to explore a lot of these things to share them. And the other thing, like I felt this sense that in some ways people held me in, in a very high regard, maybe on a pedestal. And it's that just didn't feel complete. It felt like the sides of me, the shadow sides of me that I'm familiar with weren't being recognized. And I felt like a little bit of a fraud because like, oh, you have this great life and this great marriage and your kids are awesome and all these things. And, and I do. And Things aren't so great. And so the podcast was a way for me to really level that and to say, look, I'm a regular guy, just like everybody else. Maybe I've checked a few more boxes than others, but stuff gets sideways for me too. And I think in me sharing that in a very kind of open and honest way, it allows others to say, oh, maybe my life isn't so much that maybe this is just the way it is for everybody. And I think we have this idea of people that are public figures, athletes, whoever, that they just have an easy life because they have 
success, the traditional form of success. Before we go, I have one last question maybe you could help with our listeners. And that is, what would be your advice if somebody's stuck? Like all this sounds great, but I, I'm really stuck and I don't know how to be heart-centered and I don't know how to get out of my head. And, and some of the things you were talking about, what would you say to somebody who who's stuck? Oh, that's a tremendous question. Besides listen to the Great Unlearned podcast, by the way. It's just being curious about your own life and why you do things you do, the things you've always done. And you start to look at the influences you've had in your life. Most likely mom, dad, teachers, coaches, people in the community, the media. All these things have an influence on us. And is this really our path or... Am I doing this because I think I should be doing it? Or is it something that just feels so right in my soul? And it's just that this idea, like mentioned earlier, this leading with the heart or the gut or just that internal mechanism that for me is just the truth. And the mind will try to overrule it and it will rationalize and it will convince you that is has no place in your life. But really learning to tune into that and it could be through having a meditation practice. There's plenty of great guides out there, whether it's a Ram Dass or a Krishnamurti. It's endless, the different spiritual gurus that have their own way of exploring this. And I think it's just to slow down, make time for yourself, get curious, and try to do it without judgment because in all cases, we're doing the best we can with what we have. And for a lot of us, we go many years on this mindless attack forward towards this goal. And as I mentioned earlier, I think it's a front nine goal uh, and it's great. And it can afford us these certain luxuries as we, you know, take the turn and, and hit the back nine. But I think the back nine is really about this idea of resume virtues and eulogy virtues. And I didn't come up with this, but I, I read it. I believe it was Adyashanti was the first time I had seen this, but he had talked about these things and the resume goals are the, are the front nine. What do I do to make money and, and how do I show up and how hard do I work? And it's what you want to put on your resume when you're trying to get hired for a job. But the eulogy virtues are the ones that when I pass, do I want people to talk about that stuff or do I want them to talk about this other idea of who I am and who I am to my wife and my kids and my friends and my community and, and what that means. And I think once we orient towards that, we still have the resume piece. We, the idea is to blend the two, I think. And I think it's tricky because it's really easy to, to drop into the resume yeah. lane. Yeah. Uh, it's measurable. And I think the eulogy piece is not. And I think that's where a lot of us, myself in particular, get a little bit tripped up. Just tell me what I got to do and I'll do it. I'll check that box. It's not that simple. It's ongoing. It's fluid. It's challenging. And you're always questioning, am I where I need to be? John, there's so much wisdom and what you've said is so profound in there. I'm in such admiration of the transformation that you've made. I liked you a lot before. We were good friends. But this is a deeper, better, more wonderful Cal Callahan. And I'm just thrilled for you. And you've been so generous with your thoughts and your wisdom today and your time. And just thrilled that you joined us on the back nine. Thanks so much. It's really an honor. I've, you and I have had a close relationship for over 30 years. And it was great that we got to reconnect in yeah. Chicago and 
go to some Blackhawks games. And here we are doing it again. So thanks so much, guys, for having me on. And I wish you the best of luck in this. Yeah, well, love to Peyton and the kids. And uh, we'll tee it up sometime soon, whether it's in Austin <laughs> or in Florida or somewhere in between, my friend. I love it. Take care, guys. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much. I'll tell you what. I got goosebumpy there. I, I, we talk about this show being a, a chance for other people to learn. I just learned a lot, right. like a lot. That was really impactful for me. The, the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues is all I need to take away from this show is to be thinking about that. If you literally impart that in your life on the back nine and, and him even using the vernacular of our show, right? The yeah. front nine is your resume virtues and the back nine is your eulogy virtues. Check, please. Yeah. Like that's what the show is about, right? Like it really is about, about, about that. Yeah, I, so I have a couple of takeaways. One is if you haven't checked out his podcast, it's really good. It's, it's different from ours. There's some overlap, but it's different just the kind of some of the, some of the people he's talking to and he does a lot of retreats and those kinds of things. But you can see that the same themes that we identify with about taking the turn. The other thing I would point out is he had a really profound trigger, right? One that it was nationally known. But he also talked about he was going through stuff before that. That was just the thing that hyper-focused his change and his need to make a change. We're not all, hopefully we're not all, or none of us ever will have that kind of tragic, terrible, traumatic trigger. But to recognize, he was so sharp about already recognizing that things were changing for him. And especially men, but women too, we have this point where we shift from the resume building to the eulogy building the resume legacy and the eulogy legacy. And we go through that and we don't really recognize what that is. It's a lot more clear to me on the other side of that now. And I think it's certainly more clear to John on the other side of that now. And when you're going through it, it can be confusing because all of these things that were your old attachments, your friends, your beliefs, your practices, stop serving you in the same way. And as you make that shift, it's sometimes hard to say goodbye to some of those things because they did work for you. And taking that step forward is, as John said, really empowering and liberating. And it opens you up to new friends and new thoughts and realizing your true self. And that's my takeaway from what he had to say today. Yeah, and I think the important point there is everybody probably has their own trigger and it's not yes. as traumatic as that. It could be a divorce. That's right. It could be a health scare, mm -hmm. both of which I've had, right? Those could be a job, tri uh, releasing a, a job. job change. That's a third thing. Yeah. I've had all three of those in <laughs> my life. Um, so, so uh, you know, it could be any one of those things and some people have all of those things in their life so the point is after you have those triggers is the other thing that he brought up is being curious that yeah. was my favorite thing is being curious is what's going to get you out of your head and into your heart yeah and being willing to look at yourself and being willing to acknowledge where are your failings and your struggles and what are you responsible for but that was time really well spent and uh, we thank john callahan for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you all soon next time on the back nine Thank you so much for listening to the Back Nine Podcast. Please like, follow, and share, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred platform. The Back Nine is produced by Janine Stella and recorded at Pixelworks Studios in Delray Beach, Florida.